Hello, welcome to the TU Sports Extra podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by John Tranchina. And pleased to announce we have a special guest today, uh, Maggie Roller. She played golf at the University of Tulsa. And of course, uh, TU legendary golf coach, far more than a golf coach, uh, Dale McNamara uh, passed away on Sunday. And uh, she is kind enough to join us and share some memories of what it was like to know and play for Coach McNamara. So Maggie, appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, well, John, we both have some questions that we'll uh, fire out. Why don't you uh, start first? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess, Maggie, the first question, obviously, I guess, is just talk about uh, Dale and kind of your the nature of your relationship with her. Uh, how was she as a coach? I've, I've heard she's been she was tough but fair kind of thing. And, and, you know, and you know, just go start from there telling us about her. So I. Uh... I first met coach when I was 15. I think that would have been 1983. I'm 55. And, you know, she recruited me and I really wasn't going to come to Tulsa. I was set to play for Earl Stewart at SMU. And, you know, she recruited me. And then my senior year in high school, she, I made the U.S. Open and she started really recruiting me pretty faithfully and so we just developed a really great relationship and she's one of the best recruiters I think in the country and has a way of making you feel like you're the best player in the world and I didn't really even know where Tulsa University was I grew up in Dallas and um, she won me over and so I played for her from 85 to 89 and she was tough she was firm she was fair but she made it so much fun. I mean, we just had so much fun on the teams. And, you know, she wanted us to be in sororities. And she wanted us to have a life away from golf. And she was like our mom. I mean, I watched the little deal on the Tulsa website last night. And her, Dee Dee Lasker and Kathy Baker. And I think all of them across the board said she was like our mom. And she was a very tough coach. But, but she was, uh, she helped us with so many other things besides golf you know, uh, just with boyfriends, with family issues, with how we dressed. And she was very big on how we looked and very big on personal, uh, our nails and our, how our clothes fit. And if they were, you know, they had to be ironed and, you know, just, she was just an all around um, wonderful coach, but mentor and more like a mom, I think to all of us. So she was fun to play for. You said she was a great recruiter. How, how did, and, and that she won you over. How did she do that? You know, and I get emotional talking about this because um, she wrote these amazing letters and I've saved them. She wrote these letters that just were inspiring and encouraging and, and made you feel like you were the best player. And that's, that's recruiting. I mean, recruiting isn't really reality because you get on the team and you're with six other great players, but you're the only one, you know, in recruiting. And so she just had this way about writing. Her letters just, uh, just she'd had a, a way with the pen to just make you feel like you were on top of the world. And, and girls she recruited, she mostly recruited very like-minded girls, very dedicated, disciplined, overachievers. And so we all, she recruited girls that fit well together 
So she had a knack of picking girls that she knew would get along as well. And in fact, we had a little reunion with uh, Kathy Mockett and Blue Canander for the Dell McNamara right before she passed. And Kathy Mockett flew in from Boston and brought seven or eight letters that coach had written her. And we, we sat there and had dinner one night and read the letters. And I have mine. I, I didn't pull them out, but they're very special. And back then, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have emailing and texting. So she wrote these handwritten written letters. And I think it's a lost art. And she taught me the art and value of writing real letters. And I, to this day, still write thank you cards and notes. And my kids, I have three children who write cards for everything they receive. And I learned that from Dale. And I think it's a wonderful legacy that she left a lot of us girls to, to write people notes. So. Yeah, she must have been a good recruiter to get you to go from Dallas, not to SMU, but to come yeah. here. So. <laughs> Did, I was really almost ready to sign my letter of intent. And then she, at the last minute, I switched it over to Tulsa at the very last minute. <laughs> very thankful. <laughs> so what was the, I'm, I'm sorry, John, real quick. So Maggie, what was the final, the, the, the final uh, factor that made you switch at the last minute? I remember telling my mom and dad, because I looked at Texas and SMU and uh, some of the Carolina schools. And I remember telling my mom and dad, I just want to be around this woman. I just, I really liked her. I loved talking to her. She made me feel like I was great. And I just, I wanted more of it. Hmm. And my parents said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I want to be around her. And I loved Melissa too. I, I went on a couple of visits and Melissa and I are very close. And she took me around on my recruit trip and Carrie Ruffer and Melissa and I st are still very close. So, you know, the, the girls who recruit you make a big difference too. So I think the girls won me over as well. So. I mean, it's interesting because when you're saying that she was like involved in trying to tell you, mm -hmm. uh, advise you on what to wear and your nails and stuff, that almost yeah. sounds like it's overbearing, <laughs> you know? But yeah. I guess yeah. the way she must have had a delivery that made it okay. <laughs> Well, I, if I can add a really funny story, and I can I can say this on a podcast, I don't think I'll say it in front of too many people, but <laughs> I was there all day Saturday in the ICU, and it was just last Saturday, and Dale was not responsive, but I know she heard us, and um, Kathy and Melissa and I and Kathy's good friend Fran were in the, it was isolation ICU, and I'd just been with her October 16th with my daughter. She had a very special relationship with my daughter, who now plays for Annie Young. Mm -hmm. And we took her to the golf club and we had dinner and she, she loved to help Jenny and was always talking about Jenny's outfits and my outfits. And so she passes Sunday morning early. I went over to see Melissa Sunday morning before I went to church because she lives by my church and I brought some muffins and we had our cry and I just told her how thankful I was for her mom in my life and coming to Tulsa and, and, you know, I meet my husband here and I have three kids. So I left the house and I went out to get in my car and I realized I left my eyeglasses and I'm pretty blind. So I go back in, I said, Hey Mac, I need my glasses. And she goes, Hey Mac, I got to tell you something that, that, that mom wanted to tell you, but she's gone now. So I'm going to tell you. And she goes, mom thinks you need to get new bras. And I'm going, I thought it'd be something like philosophical or, you know, something. I go, with bras? And Melissa goes, yeah, I was a little bit afraid to tell you. And I go, okay, that's okay. So I go to church and Melissa's telling me to go to Dillard's and these great sports bras. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I run from church to Dillard's and I 
I get fit through these three and I hadn't bought a bra in 15 years. I mean, you know, I have three kids. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> so I go buy these three nice bras. I'm telling the lady in the, in the boutique about coach Dale, I'm crying. And I buy these bras, you know, coach had just been gone since two in the morning. This was 1230 on Sunday, the day she passed. <laughs> and I can't find my car. I don't go to Woodland Hills very often. I, I can't find my car for an hour and I'm in the oh. parking lot crying. I hadn't slept because I knew that I was going to get the text from Melissa that, that she had passed. So I'm crying in the parking lot. I can't find my car. I'm like, coach, you're gone. And I'm still doing what you want me to do. I'm still trying to look good for you. I'm buying these dumb bras and now my car is probably stolen. So I look, I look, I call my husband. I can't find my car. I call security. Two and a half hours later, security found my car. I couldn't remember where I went in. I was just so out of it with coach passing. I find my car two and a half hours later. I have my bras and, and here coach is gone. And I'm still wanting to look good for her. And I almost lose my, I thought it was stolen. <laughs> so I thought that's typical Dale McNamara and she's passed and I'm still doing what she wants me to do. So wow. I'm not embarrassed about it. It's a fun, fun story. You may want to edit that out of the podcast, but that's amazing. That was coach. She wanted us, she wanted us to look good. And that was the day she passed and I'm in Dillard's and I can't find my car. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. That, that, we're going to call that good. We're just <laughs> can't top that. that kind of sums yeah, up. I don't. That sums her up. It sums coach up. She <laughs> wants us to look our best. And I sent Melissa a picture of my new, my new bras and, and it made her day. She was crying <laughs> and laughing. And uh, she just loved us so much. She loved us more than, than golfers. You know, I always knew my identity was not a golfer with coach McNamara. It was so much more. And Everything I do now is a credit to her. I, I give back. I I write thank you cards. I run golf tournaments. I, I I love junior golf in Oklahoma. I want to give back to this wonderful state that she brought me in and gave me so much. I, I had a full scholarship because she gave it to me, and I I didn't deserve that. And and I want to give back. And Dale taught me how to give back, and she was a servant until the end. And I wanted to serve her until the end. And I was there the last day before she passed. So, Maggie, one of the one of the things that really impresses me about good coaches in general is their their ability to have I don't know if credibility is the word, but just the respect maybe is the word with their athletes mm -hmm. to where they can give you a hug yes. if you need it or they can kick you in the ass if you need it. Um, yes. and I think that's a that's a real yes. skill with elite coaches and. Uh, just from reading and watching mm -hmm. the tribute video on TU's website, which for our viewers mm -hmm. and listeners, if you haven't seen that video on TU's site, go watch it. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, but Coach McNamara seems like mm -hmm. she was deft at, and highly skilled at both of those things, that she could give you a hug when you needed needed it and the kick in the butt when mm -hmm. you needed it. Can you just sort of talk about that a little bit? She, she was definitely a first-class coach in that respect. You know, back when I played for her, she couldn't talk to us on the golf course. And now I go watch my son plays for Texas Tech. My daughter plays for Tulsa. And there's two coaches talking to him, all this advice. Well, coach couldn't speak to us until the mid nineties, they changed that rule, but hmm. she still had a huge impact on us with just the fist pumping when we had a great shot. And then if we had a struggle, she was there to give us a snack and a hug. And I'll never forget. We won the nationals in 88 and uh, in 89, we went to Stanford and we thought we'd won the nationals. Kathy Mockett was in the lead. Kathy and I played poorly the last day. Kelly Robbins, Karen Lowe missed small putts. And back then we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the computers. So we were going by hand 
addition and we thought we won by one shot and we were celebrating and 20 minutes later we find out we lost by one shot wow. to I believe it was wow. was it San, it was San Jose I believe so we had this real high high and then a real low and I remember all of us were just bawling and coach you know we move on and I went and played the European tour and and I was still writing her letters you know she taught us to write so I was playing in Europe and I couldn't sleep for three months thinking about that one shot. And I wrote her a letter and I said, coach, I'm, I can't sleep. I'm trying to play the European tour. All I can think about is Stanford and how we lost by one. She wrote me back the next week and said, Maggie, you've got to move on. It's over. I haven't thought about that since the day it happened. Move on and go play golf. <laughs> I thought, hmm. okay. And I needed to hear it. <laughs> she didn't dwell on the past. She never did. She would always move on. We never talked about past success. And I think that's a key of a great elite coach because she was always looking for the next one. And she never talked about her past national championships. She just said, we got the next one. And she was very, very wise with uh, strategy, encouraging and getting the best out of every player. And she did it. She really did it. Well, the, my next question was pretty much, uh, I pretty much know what you're going to say now that we, as we've discussed this, but I was going to just say, I know you're the coach at, at Regent Prep and how much of her yeah. tactics have, has, you know, influenced how you are as a coach towards your kids. Yeah. You know, I, I did coach Regent Prep for my son, JP. And then when he went on to Texas Tech, my husband kind of took over and coached the okay. girls. And now we have another coach. So I kind of retired to go watch college golf, but <laughs> we won two state titles and we were runner up in one. Yeah. It was 2018, 19 and 21 because 20 no sorry it was 17 18 and 19 because 20 right. was canceled so uh boy I use a lot of what coach taught me I mean just the uh the the pre-round team talks I, I found myself saying a lot of the same things she would say you know one shot at a time you know she would always tell us to hit it like a late hit it like a man and walk like a lady but I was coaching boys <laughs> Uh, just the, the fist pumping, you know, I, I had my boys fist pumping each other across fairways and for, for golf is an individual sport, but Dale taught us how to make it a team sport. And we were, we were trying to beat each other because we knew there was individual results on the line, but we were also encouraging each other with the fist pump. So I, I found myself doing the high fist pump because that's all she could do. Really. She couldn't talk to us. So my boys would do that. And, um, give them a kick in the rear when they needed it to and you know I had a couple of boys that had bad attitudes and I'd get in their face and tell them to knock it off and Dale was never hesitant to do that with us <laughs> and we always respected her for it later you know mm -hmm. she, she had really good timing so I think I, I channeled some of her good timing into my coaching too because there's times to say it and times not to say it so can you describe a little bit, you, you referenced it earlier, uh, Dale's relationship with your daughter, Jenny, who, like you said, is now playing it to you. Yeah. Uh, what, was their, what was their relationship like? This is going to get me crying. Um, I do believe I'm the only former player who has a daughter playing for Tulsa. I know Dale had Melissa, but Dale never played for Tulsa. She played for OU. Um, so... I think it was probably about three or four. No, it was five years ago when I started the AJGA in Tulsa. I started the AJGA here and we had it at the Oaks Country Club. And I had this great coaches panel where I had Dale come and talk. Melissa came. I had the Texas Tech coach. I had OU, Ryan Hibble. I had the Oklahoma State. I had Annie Young. I had Donnie Dar. 
Bill Alcorn, all these great coaches would come and sit on this panel. So I always had Dale. And it was interesting because the other coaches just would just sit there and every word Dale would speak, they would just, you could tell they were just hanging on every word. Mike McGraw came. And so mm -hmm. that was really neat. And then Dale would come out to do the panel and then she always wanted to watch Jenny because they had a really, back then she was a lot younger. I think Jenny was only 12 or 11 in my first AGAGA. So Dale would come right around and watch Jenny and they had a real sweet beginning to their relationship kind of back then. She knew her when she was smaller, but now Jenny's playing golf. And so I think it was the next year, maybe Jenny was 13 or 14. She started calling her after certain rounds and wow. I kind of encouraged it, but Jenny kept it going. And the last two years she would call her without me knowing. And Jenny, Jenny shot the 62 at state and right. set a state record, I believe for boys and girls. And yes, I get in the car and I hear her in the back calling coach <laughs> and uh, just on her own. And uh, I know coach looked forward to those calls and then she shot a 66 at Southern Hills and she called coach. And after the 62, I, she put her on speaker after a while and, and Dale said, Jenny, that round is over. I know you just shot a sport record, but tomorrow you go out there and you kick some ass and you forget about today <laughs> and go out there and get it. Tomorrow's a whole new day. That, that round is over. And that was just typical Dale, not dwelling on the past. And Jenny went out in one state and I think she shot a 72 the next day, but she didn't have that 62 again, but they had a really neat, neat relationship. Um, and Dale's last day on the golf course was, was with Jenny and, and me at golf club. And we had dinner with her. And she was talking about Patty Berg. And I th think she loved Jenny's phone calls. And on the day, the last day in ICU, I was talking to Kathy Mockett and texting and they were praying. And, you know, Dale was not responsive. But Kathy told me on the phone, she said, have Jenny call her right now and put her on speaker. Because Kathy said she can hear her. So I asked Melissa, I said, can I put Jenny on speaker? And Melissa said, sure. So I, we called Jenny. And Dale started moving her mouth and her eye opened a little bit. And Jenny was on speaker telling coach how much she loved her and how much she wow. wanted to thank her for helping her with her golf game. And Jenny struggled in the Dale McNamara and Dale gave her a tip on, she was hitting the hooks and Dale goes, Jenny, get on the left side of the tee box. And that opens up the right side. And, and she hit, I think she had every green on her last nine at the Dale McNamara and had a better nine and, and was not hooking it. And Dale looked at me and she said, I want to stay with Jenny, but I want to go watch the rest of the team. And I said, coach, go watch the rest of the team. And uh, she wanted to watch Jenny. And the team won. And that was a real special day to have her out there. And she was doing great that week. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I get emotional about um, it. <laughs> Jenny loved Dale. I'm, Dale I'm, tearing, loved Jenny. I'm tearing up too. I'm, yeah. <laughs> good, good gosh. John, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I was actually going to talk about that last tournament uh, at, in her yeah. honor and kind of how, uh, you know, it just kind of showed how much she cared about the TU program and came out to support yeah. them, even though I guess mm -hmm. obviously she wasn't feeling very well. So that's that's great. It was interesting, though, because Blue and, and Kathy and I mock it. We had dinner with her every night, we went to her house, we drove her around, and it was really special that Blue and Kathy flew in, and she was doing great. She, I think she felt really, really good, and then the decline was pretty quickly, af quick after that, but mm -hmm. just to 
sit around and, and be with for us for us three to be with her that last week and then she loved the girls I mean she would call me a couple times a week and tell me things that I should tell Annie or, or tell the girls or you know Lily played in the LPGA tournament and she was you know I don't know if that's the smartest thing we need her on the team in Norman and you know she was always always involved and uh back when we had Lorena on the t on the team a couple years last year Lorena was struggling and Dale would call me and go what can I do to help Lorena and she was always involved but not overbearing you know Annie had a had a great respect for her you know we kind of we kind of lost her oh man yeah hold on we'll we'll give it uh we'll give it a sec Okay, sorry about that. We're back. We had a little technical difficulties, but we were back on with Maggie. And uh, Maggie, again, we really appreciate your time. Gr great memories, amazing stuff. You know, you, I think uh, me for sure and you for sure cried a little, laughed a little. John, I don't know about you, but uh, I did. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're we're three for three on some tears, but uh, really appreciate all that you've shared today. Um, anything else you'd like to share? You know. Uh think Tulsa's gonna miss her I'm gonna miss her um I told Kathy and Melissa you know I, I talked to Melissa a lot I'm gonna keep calling them just to keep her memory alive and um she was just a, a champion of giving back and a legend I mean a legend for women's golf she fought for women's golf at TU and she fought for us and cared about all of us till the end and I'm looking forward to her celebration of life coming up. I think a lot of the girls will come back and uh, it should be a, a happy time, a sad time, but she she left so much of her with all of us that I think that's what we'll all talk about and, and have great memories and tears of joy. But she uh, taught all of us so much more than just how to play good golf, so. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your memories of an amazing woman, amazing coach. Uh, appreciate it very much. Thank yes, you so much for having goodness. me. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you, you so bet. much for doing this. You bet. You bet. Thank you. Thanks. <clears throat> wow. What great stuff from uh, Maggie Roller. Uh, again, we appreciate her time and sharing her, uh, her amazing memories uh, of Coach Dale McNamara, TU legend. Uh, John, I don't really want to talk about much else, frankly. We, we were going to jump in a little bit about some football like we normally do, uh, maybe some basketball, but uh, I feel like that's really good stuff. We should just leave it there. What, what do you, is there, why don't you maybe kind of add a couple things and let's just wrap up. Sound okay? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty emotional. So I don't know how, you know, we can change gears and start talking about football, but yeah, just we got, uh, you know, Tulsa's playing Tulane, number 19 ranked Tulane on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. It's going to be, uh, that's going to be an interesting game because, you know, you got another ranked opponent. Tulsa seems to play better against them. Maybe this will be just what they need to kind of get jump started again. Then in other news, we have basketball starting up. Monday is the season opener for both the men's team. They're on the road at Oregon State, and the women's team are at home at the Reynolds Center against Alcorn State. So got a lot a lot going on uh, athletically at TU these days, but obviously not a whole lot supersedes the legend of Dale McNamara passing away. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you checking us out and uh, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Maggie Roller as much as we did. Uh, great stuff. You can download us for free on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And uh, John and I come at you once a week, usually on Thursdays. And uh, next week, we'll kind of, John, get more back in our routine, talk a little football, talk a little hoops, and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. All right. All right. Thank you.